0: Seth, tell me about this article you wrote.
1: Okay, so in 2012, this site Pinterest took over the entire internet and was racking up page views, and everyone was talking about how successful it was.
2: Pinterest is a relatively new social sharing website that is sweeping the nation.
1: It had this huge valuation, and a lot of people noticed that it was mostly women who were visiting Pinterest, not a lot of men.
0: They
3: have this great website called Pinterest, Mm -hmm. and it's... Okay, come on. From what I can sort of see, it's mainly for women, and it's mainly just a collection of the most amazing, wonderful craftiness on the earth.
1: So in 2013, a handful of male Pinterests all launched around the same time to try to capture whatever the magic of Pinterest was, except attracting male users. And I found that interesting. And so I went to visit all these uh, male Pinterest sites to see what that would look like. And then I wrote a story about it for Slate.
0: I'm Jess Miller, and I produce Thrilling Tales of Modern Capitalism. When I said I was interested in doing an episode on Pinterest, Seth remembered a piece he wrote for Slate back in 2013 about these knockoff Pinterest websites being marketed towards men.
1: There was Mantaresting, which uh, I just went and looked and does not appear to still be alive. There was gentleman, which um, maybe is alive in some form. Dude pins? Punch pin?
0: Pinterest isn't supposed to be a website for women. There's nothing inherently female about curating images on the internet. But women still constitute 70% of Pinterest's user base what could these so-called male Pinterest's offer that Pinterest itself doesn't?
1: And I'm looking at dudepins.com, which apparently still exists. It's like boxing equipment, weightlifting sets, uh, a Fast and Furious poster, a Nissan GTR muscle car, a woman in a very tight-fitting shirt. It's that kind of stuff.
0: Now, there's a reason why you've probably never heard of any of these sites. They never really took off. But Pinterest, which was blowing up when Seth wrote this article, just kept building momentum. And the site has only gotten more female over time, in part because its algorithm is self-reinforcing. The more people who come to Pinterest looking for so-called female content, the more Pinterest prioritizes that kind of content. And the cycle continues. But there's another reason, too. Pinterest has a reputation for being one of the nicest corners of the internet. If you want a man to shout at you, you can go to Reddit or Twitter. But if you want to trade ideas for reindeer-themed cupcakes or medium-length beach wave hairstyles or DIY boho-style twinkle light canopy beds, well, Pinterest is the place for you. When the pandemic started and people began cutting their own hair and launching their own DIY home improvement projects and generally needing a website where, by design, doom-scrolling just doesn't exist, they increasingly found their way to Pinterest. Advertisers were also drawn to Pinterest cheerful content because users are more likely to form positive associations when the ads they see are surrounded by pretty pictures. So it seems like a great business. Women love it. Advertisers love reaching those women. But Pinterest doesn't seem satisfied.
3: I know that one of our talking points was that um, 8 out of 10 American moms were on Pinterest. But I also, you know, remember that while the audience was was made up of women, primarily, and that women were really driving the attention, fanfare, uh, and the reputation of Pinterest externally— Internally, that that very audience was not respected.
0: Erica Shimizu Banks used to work at Pinterest. She says the company leadership often took its predominantly female audience for granted. And instead of sort of honoring
3: and celebrating that women were on the platform and driving those very conditions that made it a more trustworthy platform, the emphasis was on, we have to appeal to men. We have to bring more men onto the platform.
0: Now, there's nothing wrong with wanting different kinds of users to come to the platform you've built. It's the only way to really grow as a company. But Banks believes that this was a narrow focus and that the fixation points to some of Pinterest's broader problems.
3: You know, whose voices were listened to, who we saw ascending into certain positions,
0: who got to drive projects versus do the work for the projects. This summer, Pinterest found itself in the headlines for reasons that threw a wrench into its women-friendly image. Erika Shimizu-Banks was one of several former employees, including the COO, to accuse the company of being a hostile place to work, citing examples of gender and racial bias and retaliation towards those who pushed for change. Its top executives have vowed to do better, but as more and more users sign up for accounts, who is Pinterest really for? Is it for the moms who made it what it is? Or for those elusive male users the company thinks it needs to win over? And what happens when a company that's built a reputation for being friendly, pleasant, and women-centric is accused of building an internal culture that is not those things? How nice is Pinterest really? I'm Jess Miller. Welcome to Thrilling Tales of Modern Capitalism. Seth handed me the keys to the show this week. Today's episode, Kingpins, the business of Pinterest.
3: As a kid, I was a big collector. Um, I collected like insects and I collected stamps.
0: When Pinterest CEO Ben Silberman describes the origins of the company he founded, as he did in this 2012 conference keynote, it usually starts like this. As a kid growing up in Des Moines, Iowa, he liked to accumulate stuff.
3: And I'd always thought that the things you collect, they say just like so much about who you are. Like when I go to someone's house, I look at the books on their bookshelf. Um, When people go out, they pay attention to what clothes you wear And I felt like none of that was
1: online.
0: Silberman has no programming background. But in 2008, after bouncing around as a consultant and then a brief stint at Google, he teamed up with a friend to design a shopping app called Tote. It notified you when clothes you liked went on sale and told you where to buy them. You could also buy things within the app, but most people didn't. Instead, they used the app to save and share pictures of the items they liked. Silberman started thinking about building an entire app around that kind of behavior. And that idea came to fruition when Silberman met Evan Sharp, a designer who was training to be an architect. Sharp was sold on Silberman's vision.
2: If I were to describe what most people think of when they think of Pinterest, it's kind of an aesthetic. Um, It's sort of like a nice, quaint, cute place on the internet populated primarily by craft-loving Midwestern ladies. Erin Griffith covers tech startups and venture
0: capital in Silicon Valley for the New York Times. She said that from almost the very start, Pinterest was an outlier in the startup world. And intentionally or not, the choices that Silberman and his colleagues made at the outset drove in their female audience.
2: Early on, they de emphasize a lot of the social media features, and that is one way to grow super easily. You know, you get a notification that there's a photo of you, or that your friend tagged you, or your friend wants you to join this thing. At the time,
0: the tech industry was obsessed with social networks. Apps that are built on users' social connections have a growth strategy built in. But that wasn't Silberman's vision for Pinterest.
2: Ben Silberman, he's an introvert, and he views the product as something that you do by yourself. You know, you make these plans, and you save things that you like, and he wanted it to be a sort of private little, like, project that you do.
0: So Silberman didn't build in messaging features that would have created interaction between his users. Instead of building a timeline more like Twitter or Facebook, Pinterest went for a grid layout. It was more aesthetically appealing and more evergreen— And most significantly, rather than doing what many tech companies do to drive up their numbers, which is paying people to become users or offering other incentives to join, Silberman went for slow, steady, and organic growth. He prioritized
2: quality over quantity. He's not trying to take over the world like Mark Zuckerberg. He just wants to build a nice business. But it took a while for the tech industry to catch up. I didn't really catch on in Silicon Valley, but, you know, Midwestern women were among the most voracious users of the app. And so some investors kind of missed it for that reason. Turns
0: out, venture capitalists don't get that excited when you tell them that your core user base consists of moms from Iowa and Illinois. And even if you recognize the value of those users, this is a fairly limited pool of people to draw from. And Pinterest needed to scale up it didn't have much more than 3,000 users after it launched. So Silberman started inviting people to meetups, hoping to turn his core audience into evangelists for the site. Perhaps the biggest success came from a campaign called Pin It Forward, which was kind of like a chain letter of pin boards that users could send around to their friends to have them edit and in turn send to more people. It was a success. Pinterest kept rolling along with an eye on organic quality growth. There were a few bumps along the way, but by fall 2018, the company had 250 million monthly active users and was worth $12.3 billion. 175 billion items had been pinned to 3 billion boards, and Pinterest started to get ready for an IPO. It came in spring of last year, nine years after Pinterest's founding, and it was a success. Ben Silberman became a billionaire, But it wasn't until the current pandemic that Pinterest really started to exceed Wall Street's expectations. With people around the world sitting at home, needing pretty pictures to look at, recipes to trade, and most importantly, things to buy online instead of at the store, Pinterest traffic and revenue started to accelerate. And with many advertisers boycotting Facebook over its mishandling of false information and hate speech, there was a little more ad money heading in Pinterest's direction. The stock price surged, but inside the company, things were not quite as rosy.
3: Since they've gone public, they've received the scrutiny. Before they were public, they did not.
0: More on that after the break.
2: You know, it's pretty unusual to see a lawsuit for discrimination from a C-suite executive. In 2018, Francois Bruger
0: became Pinterest's first chief operating officer. In previous jobs, Bruger had boosted revenue for Google and helped oversee an IPO at Square. Erin Griffith says her arrival was a pretty clear sign that Pinterest was going to IPO.
2: Hiring a COO who has taken companies public before is definitely a step that a lot of companies do before their own IPOs. You know, Mark Zuckerberg had Sheryl Sandberg, and a lot of people looked at Francois as sort of stepping into that role. Like, here's an experienced executive who is going to help usher this company out to the public markets alongside the sort of visionary founder CEO type, which is Ben Silverman. Bruger successfully handled Pinterest's
0: IPO, but within a year, she was no longer a Pinterest employee. And a few months after that, she filed a gender discrimination lawsuit against her former employer. Bruger claimed that even though she was the number two executive at a company focused on women, she was intentionally left out of meetings, offered a different pay structure, and received gendered feedback about her work performance. The lawsuit also alleges that complaining about these things to HR and to her boss, Ben Silberman, cost her her job. She was fired shortly
2: after voicing some of these complaints. She wasn't even invited on the IPO Roadshow, which is crazy if you think about it. This is the number two exec at the company who is pitching this company to go public, and she was not on the roadshow to pitch the company to go public to the investors, that's just, seems super egregious.
0: Here's Francois Bruger in an interview with Bloomberg.
2: I was
4: hired at Pinterest as a first COO, uh, and I was looking forward to being a force of progress and drive change, the companies that cater to women. But I realized fairly quickly that while I was given a seat at the table, I was not empowered to use my talent to drive uh, Pinterest forward.
0: Bruger's lawsuit made headlines. Outwardly, Pinterest may have been centering women, but internally, even the female COO felt sidelined.
4: And I do think if it's happened for someone at my level in tech, it happened to many women across the organization. And I wanted to be able to add a voice to this conversation uh, and explain a little bit uh, my story. And I'm hoping sharing my story, uh, start a conversation about what's the role of women and even when they reach the sea level of a company, there is still gender discrimination.
0: Brugger wasn't the only employee to come forward with complaints against Pinterest this summer. Ifoma Ozoma was one of the first people hired to work on public policy for Pinterest, along with Erica Shimizu Banks, who you heard at the beginning of the episode. Part of their job was to make sure that Pinterest could stay a nice, safe place on the internet, even as it grew.
5: The type of things people use Pinterest for don't usually lend themselves to scandal. It's not a site where people go for political commentary people go to do things on their own and not primarily to discuss with others so you wouldn't get the types of conversations you get on Reddit. Um, it doesn't have a ton of video so you're not going to have issues like Twitch.
0: Erica Shimizu Banks remembers that when she arrived at the company, it wasn't clear what was and wasn't allowed on Pinterest. Pinterest had firm policies against things like pornography, but a lot of other content fell into a gray area.
3: There were no substantive nuanced policies on content, on hate speech, on medical misinformation until Euphoma joined. And the company was 10 years old when I joined. So it would have been a long time coming for these things to be developed. And yet these socially impactful, beneficial changes to protect users
0: and to minimize harm did not occur until two Black women joined the team. The first big test of Pinterest's content moderation policy came last year. Measle outbreaks were popping up all over the U.S., and Pinterest users were coming to the site looking for information about vaccines and treatments. In response, Pinterest wiped all that stuff from its platform. It wasn't a medical site. It wasn't designed to give people accurate information about vaccines, and it didn't want to spread false information. And above all, it wanted to stay positive. Ozoma was instrumental in formulating this policy. Internally, it was controversial.
5: Um, There was pushback uh, about what I was proposing until it was covered on the front page of the Wall Street Journal. And then the WHO gave a shout out to the company. And then the Washington Post editorial board also uh, wrote a whole piece about how what uh, we were doing, my work, (laughs) was notable.
0: Ozoma said this was a regular cycle. She would raise problems and catch flack from management, but her work ended up earning the company good press. This happened again when Pinterest was accused of romanticizing former slave plantations in their wedding planning content. Ozoma said she brought the accusation to others at the company, asking what specific content policy changes they could make that would effectively make those kinds of images
5: disappear. I even went through uh, the effort of explaining why we wouldn't have concentration camps uh, as wedding venues or party venues and how the parallels could not be more clear. Again,
0: she says she was met with pushback. But ultimately, the changes were made— And again, Pinterest was commended for it widely in the press.
5: It was a familiar pattern where I would be punished internally for what I was pushing um, and be called things that women are often called, like, not a team player, um, aggressive, a, a term specifically used for Black women. But then the public praise would be the type of thing that Ben Solberman, the CEO, would stand on the stage of an ad conference and talk about in order to get more advertisers.
0: All of this made it really hard for Ozoma to do her job. In addition to all of it, she'd already spent much of her tenure at Pinterest fighting against what she saw as pay and title inequities. But she didn't want to leave Pinterest, hoping that her concerns would eventually be addressed. But the final straw came when Ozoma's personal information, including her cell phone number, was published online. The info was leaked by an engineer at Pinterest as part of a harassment campaign against Ozoma, who was looking into putting a content advisory on posts related to a right-wing journalist. Erica Shimizu-Banks says that Pinterest handled the situation badly.
3: The company's first question was, well, why do you think they're targeting you? Not, how do we better protect our employees? And there was, um, you know, an investigation done internally and surprise, surprise, No one was held accountable for anything. No one would do anything differently, really. And everything's fine. Banks says Pinterest is more accountable now that it's a public company. There is a real protection that I think I've recognized in my career that there is actually a greater potential for harms to be addressed, for uh, serious change to happen when you're at a place large enough where people care where people on the outside, where the public cares and they are subject to public scrutiny. A lot of these practices are very opaque pre-IPO.
0: Ozoma and Banks left Pinterest earlier this year. At first, they didn't speak about their experiences at the company publicly. Then, after the murder of George Floyd, Pinterest released a public statement signed by Silberman professing the company's solidarity with the Black Lives Matter movement and pledging to take steps to support racial justice on the site and within the company. Silberman wrote, quote, With everything we do, we will make it clear that our Black employees matter, Black pinners and creators matter, and Black lives matter, End quote. To Banks and Ozoma, those words rang hollow. So they decided to go public with their experiences on Twitter. Ozoma wrote, quote, As a Black woman... Seeing Pinterest's middle-of-the-night Black Employees Matter statement made me scratch my head after i just fought for over a full year to be paid and leveled fairly, end quote. Those tweets went viral and kicked off an unprecedented season of bad press for Pinterest. At first, the company issued a statement saying, quote, We took these issues seriously and conducted a thorough investigation when they were raised and were confident both employees were treated fairly, end quote. But when that wasn't enough to put the issue to rest, the company changed tack. Its next statement said, quote, we never want anyone to feel the way Ifoma and Erica did while they were working at Pinterest, end quote, calling them by their first names. Two months after those tweets were posted, Francois Bruger, the former COO, filed her lawsuit. And since then, more women have come forward with stories about their time at Pinterest. Working from home during the pandemic, employees staged a virtual walkout. Since then, Pinterest has appointed its first Black female board member and pledged to get more diverse candidates into more senior-level positions. It also says it's conducting reviews of company culture. A Pinterest spokesperson told us, quote, the leadership and employees at Pinterest have a shared goal of building and fostering a company that we can all be proud of. We're committed to advancing our culture to ensure that Pinterest is a place where all our employees feel included and supported. We recognize that it's our job to build a diverse, equitable, and inclusive environment for everyone at Pinterest. Pinterest may be a women-centric website, but without a company culture that values all women, the company won't be serving its users properly.
5: What does nice mean? Because is it nice to people of color or women who are being called every single uh, horrible term that you can think of to leave the content up or not put warnings up? So my question would be who you're prioritizing when you use a term like that or think of yourself in that way.
0: Pinterest now may be moving to leave that focus on women behind. In terms of user numbers, it's finally achieving that organic growth it's always sought. Younger users, even a few more men, are coming onto the platform. And just this past September, Pinterest shattered its own download records, thanks to a feature on the new iPhone operating system that lets you customize the look of your home screen through the Pinterest app. Pinterest has also finally added features that other social media sites use to drive engagement and woo influencers. And after users complained that Pinterest search algorithm favored images of white women, the company now makes it easier to find beauty tips tailored to specific skin tones. For shareholders, that's a pretty picture too. But whether the company is pretty on the inside, that's another question. That's our show for today. This episode was produced by me and Asha Saluja with help from Cleo Levin and Seth Stevenson. Technical direction from Merritt Jacob. Gabriel Roth is Slate's editorial director for audio. Alicia Montgomery is the executive producer of podcasts at Slate. June Thomas is senior managing producer of the Slate Podcast Network. Next week on the show, how to market cultural nostalgia
1: I just love me some gefilte fish. I know that's a jacked up thing to say.
0: That's next week on Thrilling Tales of Modern Capitalism. Did you know you could be listening to the show ad-free? All it takes is a Slate Plus membership. It's just $35 for the first year, and it also helps us keep making all the great podcasts you hear at Slate. Sign up now at slate.com slash thrilling plus.